1: Hello listeners, Adam is back with Jim and I this week and we're finally up and running in the league for the season. As is always the case, we'll be covering the games that we've played against Huddersfield and Peterborough, we've got a few questions to answer and we'll finish off by previewing the Morecambe game on Tuesday night and the Swansea game before the international break on Saturday. Enjoy! Boys, it's good to have points on the board.
0: Great well, that's feeling.
1: Obvious. You
2: got it, Jim? I'll well, state it, the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, it's felt like a long time coming. Anyway, I know it's only like third weekend of the season. Feels like I've been through the mill already.
1: Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Just on that, actually, we'll, we'll we'll jump straight in. here. saw something on Twitter. I didn't include it in the questions, but I think that it's a it's a good good enough point to include anyway. Do you think that there was a bit of an overreaction at the start of the season, off the back of those three results?
0: No. I, don't, I think it's bigger than the three results, though, isn't it? That's what it is. It's not just about the three results, it's about everything else. A whole, yeah, multitude of things. So <laughs> it, it, I think that's just, it's really just come to a head when you lose three games at the start of the season, hasn't it? Yeah. For the poor pre season, let's not beat it around the bush. For the poor pre season that has felt a little
2: bit detached from the fans, you know, the whole big debacle, I know it's no one's fault. You know, Mother Nature decides to play its part. You know, the United, United game, game. They, yeah, getting called off, not being able to go to Celtic or St. Johnston, apart from if you're one of the five lads who watched St. Johnston game on a hill. You know, the, getting beat off Bolton, getting beat off Wigan. It's like, those are all the little things that you think, well, we've not had a great pre-season, and then we start the game off getting absolutely dicked 4-1. It's like, well, yeah, we've not had a great start. See, I think I don't. I think the reaction was justified. You know, as long as you justify what you say and you don't just slag and abuse people, then you're all right for me. Like them comments yesterday after the game, and I'll come on to them in a bit. But I thought they were a little bit naughty, to be fair. Because if if people are abusing people, then absolutely call them out on it. But criticism, if they can justify what they're saying, and, and I'm, I know we get our fair share of comments about some things that we say in here but like if you can justify what you're saying then you know crack on really as long as you don't overstep the line yeah in terms of making it abusive i
1: think the hard part for us especially is like we've got certain listeners that think we don't do enough criticism and then we've got other listeners that i think enjoy the fact that we don't go overboard with it and then you've got other listeners who think that we probably criticize too much
2: should I remain level-headed? It's like just you've got to give like an objective view on things because yeah, it's not. There's all without getting political. You know, you can go far left, far right. There doesn't seem to be much middle ground in the country at the minute in terms of our political landscape. Is. All right? And I'm quite the same to me. I like like to be objective in my opinion. All right, if I don't, in
1: in wider society, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, normal people can have normal views. Like yeah, you can be crit- you can be critical of people and critical of things that are happening, without being a dick, basically.
1: Yeah, completely agree with that. Just a reminder, as always, you can support us here at From the Finney. Um, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. and as I say, every week, anything that is received is massively, massively appreciated. And if you can't or don't want to donate anything and you're listening on an Apple device, um, you can make Jimmy happy by leaving us a review in the Apple podcast app. Um, we've not had one for a couple of weeks, I don't think, now. You, you
2: just don't keep an eye on it, do you? we had a couple of announcements from America, actually. Oh, that's
1: Shout-out why, because I check in the app. I don't check on Chartable, so I won't see them.
2: Shout out to the US fan base. I yeah. know oh, they're listening. It's funny, like when you look at numbers, like, in terms of people listening, where they're listening from, it's like,
1: America. It's like... Oh, we've got we've got listeners all over the world, mate. Yeah, all over funny. the world. I think there's someone in South Korea as well. Oh,
2: it'll be um, I know. It'll yeah, be, uh, yeah. Send him on
1: uh Paul. 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 Yeah. Nate, yeah. Paul yeah. Nate, yeah, send him on Twitter. Twitter well does himself. a handful of times.
2: Yeah, I was chatting. It was really funny. Like, this is going off on a tangent already. I was
1: chatting with someone yesterday. He was
2: like, "Oh, it's a two podcast." I'm like, yeah. Apparently, really. in the
1: last in the last month, three people in Colombia have listened to us. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Malaysia. Four people in Malaysia. Quick back on. This is going off. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Huddersfield game. I think, from my point of view, they they have decent facilities for the press and the steak and ale pies were immaculate.
0: don't know what well, brand At least someone enjoyed themselves then. <laughs> it just didn't.
1: Well, you've got to take the little things, haven't you, when it's not a night to remember.
2: Well, we did all right, footballing-wise, but just didn't look like hurting them yeah,
1: for a long that, period
2: of the game. And there was just, just that period wasn't there, in, the,
1: in the first half for about five or ten minutes where got a couple of shots off. I think Whiteman had one straight down the keeper's throat. DJ had that one early on. Ah, had two was, big was it we had two We had two. We the the half volley, and
2: obviously the one that's been cleared off the line by Saar. And I just had to, I said to the guys, I was we were like, we've got to take, make this pressure count because we still didn't like hurting us, you know. The, and it felt like tactically, I didn't think we were great. I thought you know we waited too long to make the subs because yeah. when you're on top of the game, you want to make changes to try and impact it in a positive way. Yeah. yeah. And back, you know, Emil's there waiting, and then they put the ball at me. You know, we put the ball in our own net. It's like.
1: About five minutes blah, blah, blah. before that, I said, said to George, I was like, we're doing well with the ball here, but we need a goal. And then yeah. five minutes later, they went down the other end and scored. I think Seth was just very
0: unlucky, wasn't he? You know, he's tracking back, trying to. He gets there, though. He, get, um, he gets there. He just, he just kind of. I don't know what happens, really. Uh, he just gets in front of the defender and he can do anything with it, really. And it yeah. Just, mm. He just goes in.
2: Thought the game lacked quality though, like From both sides for a long, long periods of the game. They
0: were
1: so they poor. were
2: dreadful. How yeah. they beat Sheffield United yesterday beyond me. i have not seen any highlights or anything. Um, but well, I
1: watched Sheffield uh, United against West Brom, and I know it's West Brom, but Sheffield United looked poor looked against poor. West Brom. Yeah,
2: yeah, I get that. But like, Huddersfield were that bad against us. I thought... <laughs> Like where why I have dunk, to say
1: actually on Huddersfield, give their fans some credit. I thought they created a half decent atmosphere,
2: so they well, should not the season ticket. to be fair. The dairy season ticket price, Jake's yeah, 329 quid, so they Jesus. can they can get 9,000 seasons yeah. get or whatever it is. So when when price like that, you know, they're still getting parachute money, aren't they? So this is their final year parachute payment, so they could they're in a position where they, you know, they can actually give that back to the fans, if you want to call it that yeah, way. Yeah. You know, and not charge them 475 quid or whatever we're paying. Um, but I just thought it was game like quality. I thought, their winger, the lad they've got from Bournemouth, Wood, he looked all right. The lad with a little afro, left side.
1: Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember his name. Neither
2: can I, but I just remember looking at his profile and seeing that he'd come from Bournemouth, Wood, which I thought there's a little bit of a coup. Uh, Josh Cromer, you can tell he's only just come back from injury. Lively, but not, not rusty,
1: didn't
2: Yeah, but it was just like in quality. And I thought, you know, for all our possession, second half, we had one shot which was blocked, you know, in 45 minutes against a poor team like that. And I thought, nah, that's not good enough. And I maintain that, you know, we were poor. And when we come out and say, like, I thought we, should, we did enough to win the game, I didn't think we did enough to win the game. I thought, If you're going to do enough to win the game, you get more than one shot away second half, you know, when you're on top of the game. And and hurt, you know, punish teams when you're on top of a game. Because if you don't punish teams at this level, you're going to get hurt. And sucker punch happens, you know, what, 70 minutes on the clock. And after that, I just thought we lost our way. I thought, you know, they bit the post after that. We, We just didn't get going again. And, you know, the reaction of the fans during that second half was... Yeah, some people have crossed the line, I get it, in terms of the abuse given to Brownie at the end. But I, I thought some of the, the booing and the sort of general frustration, I can understand it. I think, mm. you know, listen, seeing Ben Lightman's comments after the game, you know, I think they can understand it as well. They just wanted to win. And, yeah, I'm just glad that yesterday happened because if yesterday didn't happen... Just adds to the toxicity of the atmosphere, doesn't now. it? It could be a completely different conversation.
1: I think now. if if yesterday didn't happen, we're we're sat having a very similar discussion to what we what we had this time last week. It just feels like a, a monkeys off the back not it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you definitely. could
0: tell you could tell with the players because the way yesterday they just all collapsed the floor, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Yeah.
2: It was the strangest thing of everything. Like literally, like a sniper. Because it's done. <laughs> and just took out 19 players it was like both <laughs> keepers and someone, I think one of our lads who didn't clap to the floor thought what's going on here right, yeah.
1: I think that's just a, sh- a shine a sign of the
0: sheer just relief intensity of the game yeah it was end to end at one point like towards the end it was like just attack and attack and attack
1: that five minutes of extra time was brilliant yeah
0: Kamikaze football
1: yeah
0: it's just having
2: Ferguson way, isn't it we're going to we'll talk about Peter but I'm guessing but yeah, um, we yeah, I think
1: yeah, we've we've done Huddersfield, haven't we? Yeah, sorry, it's gone. Uh, anyway. The lad from Boring yeah. Thomas, by the way, he's called Boring Thomas. Boring Wood, he's called Sauber Thomas. That's him. Yeah. Thought he was decent.
2: But anyway, forget about Huddersfield, it's gone. Don't have to go there again. Finally. Um you. I know. well I'm not going anywhere. Um moving on. Yeah, Peterborough. Just thought it was um it was a strange game, wasn't it, really? I mean, we deserved to go in front. You know, I'm glad for Pat. I thought, we were, I thought, you know what? They're coming for some stick. Back three were good yesterday.
1: Yeah.
2: Handled Johnson Clark-Harris really well. The the one player they didn't handle very well was Siriki Dambele. I what thought that player. would be the case. What a player, exactly. Why they dragged him off after 60 or 65. Strange move for me, that. Um, because he just literally... Dance around three players, and then I, you know, stepped clear off the line just before he got taken off. I thought,
1: eh? yeah. And he had a spell, didn't he, in a, a, about five ten minute spell in the second half, where he was just winning just free winning kick after game. free kick. Yeah, twenty one
2: thousand game yesterday, fourteen from us. He's, but, uh, he's he's
1: quite a bit older than I thought he was. I thought he was quite young. I mean, I know he's uh, twenty four; he is young. But uh, I thought I thought he was more like twenty twenty one. Didn't realize he was, yeah, he's a quarter
0: of a century. That, but, that goal um, goes in though, and it's because you game, see the man. way we collapsed the other day after the Huddersfield game after the goal. If he scores that, then you know I fear it's, it's a this. real sucker punch in it. Yeah. So you know you get that look, don't you? And yesterday we were, you know, we managed to get through it. So hopefully now the tide has turned a bit. They made a little bit of a tactical shift at half
2: They went, they, they changed the back three, the the format, the makeup of it. So Thompson was the middle of the three in the first half. and we went to the right in the second half. I thought they'd gone to a back four initially, but it's still 3-4-3. Three, three, but their wings were so wide. Literally both of them were on the touchline. And I thought that made it quite interesting. Gave DJ a lot of space yesterday. I thought DJ were really good yesterday, as was wiping, And I, I just thought that was perfect DJ sort of scenario when you've not got loads of players, compact in the middle of the park, Means he can actually play quite expansive. Everything we did good yesterday came through DJ. Yeah,
1: it was brilliant. Thought,
2: yeah, really good yesterday, DJ. That's the DJ back to what we expect. And I thought there wasn't any real poor performances yesterday. I thought it no. was a little bit quieter than it was on Tuesday night, but he started a decent game energy wise. You can't fault him.
0: He's he for me, going forward.
2: Yeah, I think he gives us so much more going forward, and. You know, I've criticised him in the past because I'm not sure how good he is defensively. But going forward, I think he's, he was really good yesterday. And it, I suppose it does complement having Hughes behind him at yeah. left centre-half, because then you've got a natural left-back in that position. So, I suppose, tactically, your two centre-halves in terms of Barron's story you can move across if Hughes has to go wide. You know, Sepp can tuck in as a right-back. It, it just worked yesterday. And I thought it was been wrong. It's probably papered over a few of the cracks in terms of where we're at as a club and where we're at as a team at the minute because people can come out, oh, it's six wins in nine, is it, under Frankie or six wins in 11 or something daft like that, but come on. Right off last season, forget it's happened. Forget those eight games even happened. Concentrate on the here and now because if we don't start thinking about you know 20, August 2021 and this season, then we're just going to get stuck in this rut of light of it's what we've done last season. Oh, we'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. There.
1: The We're house is on too fire. too much on the past when it actually it doesn't mean anything. The house is on fire, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> There's that gif in there. I love that gif. That is
2: my favourite <laughs> gif at the minute. Everything is fine. Um, but yeah, look, three points on the board. Could it have been more in terms of a scoreline?
1: Absolutely. I don't think I don't think three or four nil or four or five nil would have flattered us at all.
2: The amount of chances we made, but we've not hurt him. You know their the keeper Pim. He's not. It's not like he's pulled off a worldie. Mm. The Hughes one is probably the one good reaction save he's made. Yeah.
1: The rest of him was straight I What's
2: that? He
1: good,
0: didn't he, when he came off the bench? Lively. He, did, but he can't finish, Jay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was good it's getting
0: down. Like... It... We got down the sides well, didn't we? He, he, yesterday, In... he looked like the
1: the Reese of of twenty twenty early twenty twenty when he joined, didn't he?
0: It's a weird one, Reese, isn't it? Because at full time, I know, I think he got a little bit of a telling off, didn't he? Because he didn't trap back. I think Bauer and Hughes went mad at him because he didn't go in the corner straight off and then he didn't trap back for um, for the chance. And he just looked broken at the end again. I think, like, Frankie had to go and put his arm round him again. It's like, come on, mate. Like, you know, his confidence just looks short a lot of the time. Yeah. And I thought he played hey, all right. I thought he did all right. He just can't, he's just got to finish.
2: He's got to finish one of them chances he's got. I mean, what's he had? Three, three shots yesterday? You know, he's only been on the pitch for about 20 minutes. So, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not going to slag him off because, in the, the days, he's doing all right. He's just like, just got to finish his chances.
1: I think he he's, had, he's had about 170 minutes of football in what, a month, near enough? And Two goals, I think. Do you think? Do you think he should be given more of an opportunity
0: to start? Depends what type you... of game is, I suppose. Because like yesterday, it works when you're winning; you can bring him on. He's fast. In other games, where you know people are camped, you know, in their own half, I think he struggles that that way. It's great getting in behind and taking players on. But yeah, it's difficult with him because there's a, I think there's a player in there. Definitely, do think there's a player in there. He just needs. Just needs a bit of confidence.
1: Yeah. I suppose it's it's up to the manager, isn't it, to determine whether that confidence will come from being given a run of games or... Head coach. Well, head coach, you know what I mean. <laughs> Stop being finicky. Question for you then, because I think I'm going to guess that you two had Pat down as your man of the match, obviously his performance. No?
2: DJ for me. Deej. Absolutely. So he, he ran the game for us. Thought, like, that was DJ back to his best. Yeah, Pat had a good game, and I thought him and Story dealt well with Clark Harris because Clark Harris kept drifting over to Story, yeah. and I thought both of them dealt with him really well yesterday.
1: Best game Story's had for a long time yesterday.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, without getting myself into more trouble, I, I think you've got to look at the back, the formation of the back three to understand why he probably had a good game yesterday. <laughs> simple as that. Simple as that. Pat, yeah. Pat is the Pat is the link of. of why Stormys had a good game yesterday? Yeah, because you played against a big physical centre half. You know, don't go on. Dead Belly's done done well. You know, he's probably drifted inside Hughes a couple of times. But the makeup of the back three, I think you've got to keep that back
1: three. Hundred percent. That was going to be for, my for question. For me personally, I think off the back of that performance, and obviously Liam Lindsay's isolating for the foreseeable, does that mean for you two that that position is Pat's to lose now?
2: Yeah, it is. But I don't think Pat can do three games in a week. Yeah. So, I think we, don't know what he does on Tuesday night, because obviously um, Lindsay's going to be unavailable. I don't think he played Pat, because I'd rather be in place against um, Swansea on Saturday, because they've got, um, oh, I can't remember his name, I watched him on Friday night as well. Below scores, but from looks, looks quite an handful. Um, I'd play Pat against them. On, on Friday would, on Saturday on Tuesday
1: then would you would you maybe look at moving Story across to the middle Sepp on the right of him and then Brownie yeah
2: no I'd go set no Brownie won't be there yeah. Brownie's oh, yeah, on top of the uh, yeah, yeah. the internationals so you have set Story Hughes as your back three and I'd put Rafferty I'd put Rafferty in as right wing back might as well have a set would you
1: go set in the middle of the back three not Story
2: don't really matter. Yeah, true. No, I'm not fussed about that sort of stuff. I'd rather, I'd rather sort of mix, not mix the team up as such, but give give other people an opportunity. On, on you know, I played put Greg in, for example, on, on Tuesday night. You know, maybe move move Josh Hills to the back. Put Andrew Hughes is in the middle of the three, if needs be.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, just it's one of them games where still got options, haven't long, we? Don't I don't think Powell would
0: play anyway. So no, it's wrong really wrong him too.
2: Yeah. He's not fully fit. He had a great game yesterday. I'd rather him play Saturday in a competition that means more than the Carabao Cup. I know if we win on Tuesday, we could get a plum time in the third round. If we pull out the Emirates away, you know, everyone be singing and dancing in the street. But
1: Emirates away, a uh, tick that you need by any chance, Jim?
2: Yeah, it is. And it's also a London trip, which you'll find like going to a foreign country probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've, I have a different perception on the Cups than a lot of people. I'm not as old romantic that some people are about the Cup competitions. I think, you know, play a, a good team, but you don't need to play your best 11 because no. Saturday,
0: Saturday is a bigger game for us, especially just the game before the international break. Well, the League Cup, you don't get the prize money so small. It is all about gate receipts. So unless you get a big tie, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. That's why everyone just playing. Yeah. Andy Holt said that, didn't he? In, yeah. The, you he don't, put, don't, put some out on Twitter, didn't he, money? last week? Uh, after the last round. And the win, yeah, the winner so- only gets 100 grand it's for winning it. So, like, for the whole it's... tournament. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Place in Europe. Though.
1: Yeah. True. <laughs> not. Not that we're going to be anywhere near that. Why? Come on. Have a dream. Yeah, we've just won. <laughs> 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 Easy, boys. Easy.
2: <laughs> not like nothing. Like getting ahead of ourselves, is it? <laughs>
1: no, not at all.
2: Um, just something else. Want to cover briefly our disciplines a little bit. Um. Of a concern.
1: Already. Because
2: I think that's... Is it Whiteman's third book in that
1: yesterday? And he, Ledson's already? Yes, I think it... I'm almost certain it's Ben Whiteman's. It might be Ladson's second, but this is me that you're talking to, so... I was like, please can we stop kicking people? To be fair, Whiteman's
2: tackle was naughty on Dembele. It was very late.
1: Hard to but, be done, though, didn't it? Another one. That. Yeah, he had, he had one against... Uh, Huddersfield, didn't he, that he obviously he got booked for. Mm. That it was just one of them where you're looking at it and you're thinking, yeah, he's he's had to do that really. So yeah, yeah they're both on wanted- they're both on two in the league, apparently. I don't know if they've picked any up in, in the cup. Whiteman mm-hmm. and Ledson both on two, Lindsay and Barky both on one. I thought we were more than that, but if that's the case then
2: I'm getting a little bit excited about things that don't really matter. Is the um is the bookings in the EFL Cup not counting again like they did last year? Pat got booked against Mansfield, so I think it was some, like if you got booked in two Cabal Cup games, you missed the missed the next one basically.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. I
2: think it was Hunt's. I think it was it Hunt's. Someone got booked in two games last season and then missed the, missed um, the next. Oh, one might might have been the season before, uh, but then missed the next one when we played City. Forgot.
1: Yeah, I think unless you boys have got anything else you want to add, then we can wrap part one up there. Nice. Short and sweet. Right, I'll see you in part two, fellas. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. As usual, we've got a few listener questions to answer, and then we'll finish off by previewing the Morecambe game and the Swansea game. So... Oh, I to tell you, sorry, I spilled what?
2: coffee in my car on fucking Friday. I keep finding coffee granules everywhere. <laughs> Honestly, I've just lent on my door and I've got fucking bits of brown coffee on me.
1: I'm leaving this in.
2: oh shit! yeah yeah don't tip for anybody out there don't spill coffee granules in your car especially when it's a work car
1: (laughs) (laughs) some good life life tips there from uh jim yeah first question then boys i've had a few variations of this question come in over over social media so kind of made a bit of a mishmash of them myself but the premise is still the same um if you had complete control, what changes would you make to the squad before the window shuts in terms of freeing up space to be able to bring players in? Ie, who would you get rid of? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, we all we all know that the space needs to be made.
2: Yeah, but uh, it's reactive. It's not like it's, it's been reactive to this because we should have seen it coming. I keep saying this, like, but we surely, like, when we've been doing recruitment over the past sort of three, four years, you realize that some of these players aren't going to be top six championship level. Not not now, not ever. But we have brought them in and gave them decent contracts. And then in some cases, extended the contracts as well, just because they had a bit of potential. And now we're stuck with him. And it's like, well, shock horror, nobody wants him. So, do we need to wipe the slate clean and start again in a way with the squad and just keep a core element of it? Absolutely. You know, you need to keep likes of your, your white bins, your lead sins, because they're going to be your future in terms of how you build a team. And I think keeping a spine of a team is really key. You know, and whether Frankie goes well, forward, We did it for years, too. didn't
1: we, with Savo, Piero?
2: <clears throat> You've got to have a spine, because if you don't have a spine and something you can build your team around, what's the point? You know, you can't put a mishmash together every summer and think, oh, yeah, we'll just, it's chucking jelly at a wall and some of its sticks. It's like, it just doesn't work. You know, and I think we sort of are getting a little bit caught out. And hopefully we turn our form around and we, we've got an, an amazing run, especially with our fixtures in September. Yeah, that, I, I, I'm a bit more realistic in terms of that. I think, you know, with the fixtures we've got coming up, but the squad needs improving, and and I think whatever we bring in now has got to improve the quality of the starting eleven. It's not just what's the point of bringing in squad players and people that are just going to sit on the bench and get a pretty penny? There's no point at all. You've got to improve what you're playing week in week out because this is the championship. It's a tough league. It's not like it's not dog and duck. You know this is this is like probably what seventh biggest league in Europe. Got to improve your squad, and that's the the key thing we've got to do. <coughs> but how many players do you keep? Tough, in it. We've got what thirty three pros at the minute. That's a lot, you know. I know we've got a, a reserves team now, and you know they'll, they'll end up start playing. What is it, mid September? I think it's something like the fourteenth, something like that, the first game. So whoever's not in the squad for Sheffield United, you'd presume would be in the squad for that game, and. Um, I don't want to name players in the like, oh, yeah, Ia needs to bin off X, Y, and Z because I think it's pretty obvious who's in favour at the minute and who's not. You know, you only have to look through Frankie's squads since the start of the season to
1: realise, like, quite clear, isn't it? it? The the ones yeah. that have been left out that aren't maybe maybe saying aren't in favour is a bit harsh, but the ones that clearly aren't fancied.
0: But the problem you have favorite, with those is as well is that they're they're obviously not desirable at any club, so you can't get rid of them and and then, well league 1 and league 2 maybe but then you've got wages to consider Anything I was going like to say Harip. I
1: think I think there'll be there'll be a club out there for for the majority of them it's just at at what cost
0: yeah you have to take the hit and you know Harrit will end up probably going to league 1 and then we're paying the majority of his wages still so it's all right getting rid of them but you are not we won't actually be getting rid of the most of them mm. you know there's probably only one who at baylist could you sell could we get anything for him? I mean, he's hardly played any games, so I don't know. That's the issue. Who wants
2: these players? You know, we've we've used nineteen players so far in the first four games we've played. So you know, a couple of them are keepers, um, but then so in seventeen outfield Rodwell players. Ram. For yeah, has he played a league game? This is this is league. No, oh, sorry, been. I so, thought you meant that's the, no, he the championship. Hasn't. So I look through the players that we've used so far and. You can probably say 14, maybe 15 of them you'd keep long term, maybe for another season, but quite a few of them are out of contract. You know, looking at the, if you look at the two lads who played the most minutes, both of them are out of contract at the end of the season in Hughes and Story. They're the only two players that have played every minute so far. Then you've got Iverson, who's not ours in terms of minutes played, Seth Vandenberg, Set. not ours. DJ, fifth on the minutes list so far. Then Brownie, Liam Lindsay, Ben Whiteman, Ledson, Josh Earl, Shedd, Scott Sinclair out of contract, Brad Potts out of contract, Emil Reese, Greg. Greg's only played 125 minutes in the league. And four games, Shawnee, Tom, Bowers out of contract, then Deck. So players who've been on the bench but haven't kicked the ball, Baylis, Rafferty, Rodwell Grant and Jamie Thomas. And two of them... Has Rodwell got got another year after this or has he just got a a one-on-one? I think he's got a one-on-one. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so three of them are out of contract, lads who've been on the bench. So, you look through the squad and you've got lads that are going out of contract anyway. So, there's players there that we haven't mentioned that are in the squad that, come on, let's put two and two together. You can probably work out who they are. And they're probably going to be the ones that we're, we're open to offers for. You know, yes. But we won't come out and say it. We won't come out and say, come on, give us some money for Josh Harrop because at the end of the day, we don't want to be knocking down what we can potentially get from another club for him. We're going to be paying some of his wages. You know, He's on a, a good whack, as we're probably all aware. But I don't think... I think we'll have a, a sort of a figure in mind in terms of what we want to get from each week if he is to go out on loan.
1: Surely, then, though, if he's not going to be involved, then this goes for any of them, not just Harrop if they're not going to be involved, surely it's better to get something for them. Well, that's Harip, the he's
0: signed, well, he's recently signed a contract, so we're going to need to get rid of him at some point or else we're in the same situation every season where we're loading him out and paying a majority of his wages. So if you can get anything, but what League One club's going to buy Harrop? They're just not going to do it. Mm. I mean, you know, look at
2: Ipswich you know, last season. They paid you know, an all right amount of his wages to get in game time, Went there. Hardly kicked the kick to ball, got
1: himself sent off. What then I will like, say in his uh, defense, um, I was told this by someone. Maybe I shouldn't include it in the pod. I don't know, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, apparently, he had a lot going on outside. Obviously, he tested positive for COVID. I think his house was burgled. I think he's, one of his pet cats died. So when you're away in Ipswich, like it's not an ideal situation to be in. It's not an it's ideal like, way to go about having a loan. No, it's, it's horrible for him. And, you know, I, I think when because you've got to remember these
2: people are human
1: yeah, yeah
2: exactly, exactly if of that happens to you as a person you're going to be a little bit you know you're not exactly going to, going to be in the greatest place mentally are you you're going to be going to work not in the greatest of moods are you going to give your best performance probably not and it doesn't matter what industry you're in you could be in you know you could be selling telephones behind a desk or you could be playing it's, going to, effect, football. It? it's going to affect you in it, right? Like, so you know I feel for him on that front but it doesn't help him. You know what I mean? It doesn't help this situation he's in now where he's probably not going to get much of a look in here this season. He can stay here and get his get his salary and play reserves football, maybe make the bench, try and make an impact in training. But if the manager sorry head coach don't fancy him, then it just doesn't fancy him. It's going to be one of those situations where it's like No, for
0: for his own
2: career. For his own career, if he's not going to get a look in here. He's going to be what 26 this year, yeah, he's just to start playing games because otherwise, like, he's just gonna be one of these talents that was a talent, never really hit the mark, and never pushed on to where they could have got to ultimately. I yeah.
1: could, a could, one of them could have been, could have been what could have happened, kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, so. It's not answered the question, has it? It's not answered the question. Because, but,
2: <laughs> no, it hasn't. But Well at the end of the day, like how many do you keep? You probably keep
1: the, I think the, I think the, like, the, I what you, beat, what, you what you said is core. bang on. You've got you've got to build around your core, haven't you? And I yeah. think it's quite obvious who the core is, you know, looking at the the league games that we've played and even the cup games that we've played, you know, Ben Whiteman's featured in, in the cup game, DJ featured in it. Um, so it's quite obvious who your core are and I think I think you got the, the nail on the head there, Jim, that you've just got to build around that, haven't you? In terms of positions that you would look to strengthen, I think obviously it's been widely discussed that we need a centre-forward, but where else would you look to strengthen if you were pulling the strings, so
0: to speak? I think a proper left-footed centre-back, but, you know, they're they're rare but that would be an ideal pick for me. I think we need, I know we've got too many midfielders and I know we've been linked with that McCann today. I do think we need def- another defensive midfielder because I think yesterday that's the best partnership that plays there because we've touched on it before. I don't think Brown can play in that position. We're actually better without him in there. Um, so in an ideal world, more of a Pearson-type defensive midfielder. Um, and just... I don't know how, but just some more creativity would be nice, um, and that would, you know, because yesterday we played well, but it was more like our old style of, you know, counter attack. But you know, if teams are going to sit deep on us, like the other night against, or, or when we go when we go one 0 down, we don't really have that bit, you know, to like we, kind we of break teams down. Teams yeah. down, and I think that's an issue. Basically, what I've said there is we need a a Ben Davies a Ben Pearson and a Gallagher <laughs> but yeah <laughs>
2: Only that simple Brownie we'd be fine yeah. wouldn't we if it was that simple I think the issue we've got is that because we're that stacked with centre midfielders at the minute we've got to lose some before we can bring one in You know, I like Regan Slater at Sheffield United I think he's class you know and he's not really getting looking under um, Slavisa so I
1: saw um, I think Alan Nixon it was earlier on today tweeted that Hull Pull a sniffing back around. Him oh, again. of
2: course he would be, because and if he's not gonna look in at Sheffield United and you know, Sheffield United are now what second bottom, got one point from four games. And from what I gather he's tinkered quite a lot with their team setup and it's not really paying off for him at the minute. You know, if he's not gonna look in, then get him out. Come on, let's let's get in for him, if we can. But from what I gather, we've got to get outs before we can get ins on that front.
0: That's so, why I think Bay- Bayless will go, won't he? One way or the other. I don't know. At the end of the window.
2: I don't know. It's because who takes him? And this is the thing that I think about. A lot of the players that are on the peripher- periphery, I think it's, um, you know, look at Ripley, Hudson, um, Rafferty, Bayless, Harrop. There's a lot of players there that you think, who actually takes the League One and pay- pays the-, the wages more than anything. And you can probably look at the kids as well. You know, Holland Wilkinson's like an out to file to for a month. You know, what happens with the, the other guys that have signed contracts? You know, Lombard's keeper. Does he stay if like, Hudson goes out on loan or Ripley goes? Because then you need a fourth keeper just in case. You know, the, the, we just, there's the left back that's still playing the tournament youth team. You know, these guys need to be playing adult footballers to be a pro. Um, and don't be wrong, I think, you know, there'll be opportunities for them Maybe further down the pyramid in terms of like Northern Premier or something like that, for, for him to get game time. Colin Wilkinson went to Lancaster, didn't he, at one point, just to get games in?
0: Plus, you've got to I, remember I, as well, like someone like Walker wouldn't even get a game in our system at the minute. So, I mean, he definitely needs to go out because yeah, he's he's got, got no out. chance of playing.
2: Yeah, you know, somewhere like a stop port or something like that, you know, a team that want to push on, be a great experience for him to play a few games in a very competitive league if he is drop down to the conference or National League as it is now. But I think they can still sign people after the window sh- closes in terms so I think the window only affects the 92. So, you know, a National League club and there's plenty of prof- you know, full-time professional clubs in the National League and National League North that, you know, like Ethan Walker, Jack Baxter, I think Adam O'Reilly still struggling with his injury at the minute. Yeah. So, those sort of players can hopefully get out on loan and get games because, are you going to get a look in here? If we're, if we're brutally honest, probably not. And, you know, it's a case of what are we doing to help their development as professional footballers as well as people? Because can't just have them training, you know, and making up numbers in training because it's, it's holding them back, you know, and it ain't failing them. So if they're not going to get a look in, then let's try and get be proactive in getting them out on loan. I mentioned a couple of pods ago about, you know, even if we have someone that looks after the loans, because let be honest, with a squad that's this size, you're going to have to get quite a few of them out on loan because that's the only way they're going to get games and consistent game time. I know we've got the Central League, it's great we've got it, but realistically, you know, it's a good opportunity for some under 18s to step up, you know, like Sonoma, Lenny, Josh Seary, and the other lads who signed pros, like Lewis Lee. What? is it sustainable I don't know and you know we need I think we need two up top I know we'll come on to a panel with in a bit but I think we need two up there as options especially and in the system
1: because you're playing two every week there just, um, just on the incomings you know We there is obviously the trialist as he was um, Jamie Thomas that came in no one's even mentioned him where does he fit into the squad
2: He's, he's a massive step up Stepping up from rig to the championship is absolutely, it's, it's a massive step. You know, I can't stress that enough. I think he'll play a lot in the Central League. He might even get a run out on Tuesday. You know, I think he'll get a run out. Yeah, Yeah, he might be on bench and I think he'll probably mix the team up a little bit on Tuesday night and, you know, you get, you you slowly blood him into the team, you know, when the, a a new pro, if you want to call him that. I know he's done professional before and he's at Burnley and, Obviously, went up to Air on loan. And it just didn't work out for him, and obviously, I know he fell out of love with the game and stuff. But it'll take time for him to get back to that pro level. Uh, do we
0: need a right wing back? I, I know all of a sudden it, it depends what happens with Barky. I
1: suppose- well, it depends
0: with, with Rafferty as well. If you get rid of Rafferty, I think yeah. I, I do think we need a right back or slash right wing back definitely. I think. Unless you Holden play Brown midfielder. and
2: Barky there, I don't know. Yeah, if it well I suppose, yeah, you've got Brownie as an option, I suppose. So you might not actually need that colour. But I, I'm saying as you, Brownie, I think we need a holding midfielder. As uh, someone you can develop, you know, needs to be under 24, needs to be, have those attributes that can make a difference long-term. I think you need two up top. And even if it's a, an experienced player like Connor Wickham, and I mean is in being around the block, you know and not played a lot of games, pretty much like Ched had been when we got Ched. Like, been around the block, done well at, Ch- at Fleetwood. I know Conor Wickham's hardly kicked a ball for five years, pretty much. I think he's got less than 50 games. But if he wants to restart his career and he's not going to cost us an arm and a leg, then you know what? Might be worth a gamble. Well, but we'll we can't we'll, take,
1: we'll talk cause... about him now. I mean, it was the last yeah, question but... that we had in, but. He's played 33 games in the last four seasons. Granted, obviously, he's missed the whole of, I think it was a 16-17 season with an injury, but yeah. it f- for me personally, it it does feel a bit like a bit of a cheap punt. But then Oops. equally, like you say, Jim, in terms of if, if, if you want to find a player, and especially a centre-forward, who's been around the block a bit, knows the game, granted might not have had a lot of minutes, but... Knows the game, knows how to play as a centre forward. He's he's scored goals in the past. Then his record's not amazing. His record's no, not I think really he had that something. one good season, didn't he? When he broke through he before broke he went through. to
0: Sunderland. But if, if got... you're get him plus the lap, I think that would be all right. If it just ends yeah. up being him, then it's, it's, it's good kind good. of following the same theme as all the whole transfer window. I was getting punts in, who you know, we're taking a chance on. Another are not going to injury record.
2: Yeah, we're not going to register easy, are we? If we're honest, because he's going to no. be—if he comes back this season, it's going to be back end of the season. Well, so. they reckon
1: Achilles is about six or seven months, but then he probably need yeah. a couple of months to get up to fitness, and then you're in pre-season then aren't you? So there's there's no point registering him. It's whether well, we or could, not they give him another year in the summer and give him a chance next season. Well, look at Pat.
2: You know, he's been out for what, eight months, and yeah. he's probably still not up to match speed yet. And I think when he's playing as a, an attacking midfielder and, you know, quite a creative power player, you, you need to be up to full, full speed, especially after an ninja like that. So he won't be registered. I think he's with Wickham, I think they're, they're having a good look at him, aren't they? Because I believe he's here next week.
1: So if he... And he's look, been with he, us, what?
2: A few, few early, days. A few
1: days. Earlier on in this week as well, Annie. So, yeah. yeah. So... Look, if he hits, if he
2: looks all right in training, looks sharp, and if the guys at the club think he can do something that he's not been able to do at his former clubs, he's on a pretty petty at, at Palace, weren't he? If we're honest, like he's been out alone a few times, so he's obviously got biggest... something about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's played in some... the
1: Prem with Sunderland, he's played in the Prem with Palace. You know, you see with that,
2: he's got a fucking good agent. Yeah. yeah. Not... <laughs> so it's like, does he just want to come here and play games and? You know, get the love for the game back, if you want to call it that. If he yeah. does, then you know that might be worth worth it a bit more. But if he's coming in, he's going to take up a massive chunk of the wage bill, and you know he's going to get niggles all the time because, at the end of the day, when he's have not played loads of games for four years. He's going to get niggles and knocks, and there's going well, to be games to with so you've got to take that path of the course. You've got to, you've got to sort of.
1: We saw it with Josh in. Harrop, didn't we? After his injury, the season that he came back, he was he would play two or three games, or be in the squad for two or three games, and then be missing again for a couple of weeks with an injury or a niggle picked up here and there. So it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, of course. Um,
2: um, and I think you see it with Greg. You know, there's going to be games where Greg will will miss a game because he's got a knock because he's come back from you know serious injuries and not playing for.
1: But that's a concern serious, though. You know, you've
0: got you've got Cunningham, Izzy Brown, Wickham, all with potential injury issues. All of a sudden. No, no resale value at all. So all we're doing is loaning young players and signing old players. Yeah. And you know, we are getting to a position where well, I thought this club wanted to be sustainable and, but you know, we just we've got nobody to sell anymore.
1: Yeah. I think that's that's an, a nice lead on to the final question. Um it it's an interesting one because of obviously there's been a lot said in the media well, less so in the media, but on social media in particular about Peter Ridsdale about Trevor Hemmings and someone's asked is, is the Hemmings and Ridsdale stuff in inverted commas misguided should we be asking for them to change their ways instead of condemning them so to speak
2: that's a tough question I think I think with all the stuff that we've seen over the past 10 days, two weeks, probably even longer, you've got to think, like, where's it come from? Where's it going? What's the, what's the outcome that people want? And I've, I've said for a while, even if people want rid of Peter Ridsdale, doesn't solve all the problems at the club.
1: Yeah, doesn't, it it's, it's not
2: not didn't we? it's It's not like the the silver bullet, you know, in terms of like it's going to solve all the problems that we've got as a club. Yeah, he's got his faults. Yeah, he, he's done some good things. Yeah, he's done some not-so-great things, and it, it's time at the club. But at the end of the day, he's he's been the advisor to the owner, you know, and I think that we all know how close a relationship Peter Isdell and Trevor Hemmings have. You know, I think when we've interviewed Peter in the past, he's mentioned like he'll have you know, upwards of a dozen phone calls a day and and, uh, there's no simple solution because without Trevor Hemming's money being pumped into the club we're, we're financially in a, you know, a bit of a state. You know, Peter Isdale because of his position now with the EFL will be remaining as a club director for our foreseeable future in the Championship. To to maintain both positions, does he, could we require additional support in terms of like maybe a chief executive? Possibly, you know, in terms of if we can afford one and we can be more commercial. And, you know, when I don't know if anyone's seen it, but Twist Ramble put a bit of um, like a four page um, summary of our finances out on Twitter this week, which was interesting um if you have a look at our swiss ramble and our commercial income we've our, it's, it peaked in 2010 11 at uh, just over three million pound ever since then we've never actually got back to that level and i think if you act in a commercial way and we bring in as much money as possible to be able to drive our club forward then great obviously i don't believe well i, I think we've replaced the old commercial manager but i don't know what well, up to in terms of being commercial, I got the program for the first time in God knows how long yesterday, and I looked at the you know the player sponsorship pages, and I was like, it's just full of like, you know, sponsor me now." Yeah, I thought used to be when you used to get a program maybe four or five years ago, the they were the all they were full. you yeah. know, and you'd have maybe like a couple of the kids that were just coming through that had like sponsor me now on them, but. I couldn't believe how many players were still available for sponsorship and I've not seen anything on the, on the site, you know, in terms of like these players are available for sponsorship now is what you get as part of the package. I think it's like, it used to be about five, nine, five, or maybe a bit more and you'd get, it'd get listed everything you could get. I just don't see anything like that. And I know it's something really small that, and, you know, utilizing the club database to get fans on, you know, yesterday is the first time in five years we've had less than 10,000 on at Deepdale. And I know we've not, I've not been in grounds for 16 months. I'm not naive to that, but for us to have less than 10,000 on Deepdale yesterday and they brought 800. So you've got nine, one, nine, two in terms of home fans on. That's a massive alarm bell for me. I'm not thinking, right, is it? Right, but we we always pretty much have 10,000 minimum on in terms of home fans for us, to not even have 10,000 home fans on yesterday. And I know it's some holidays and all that jazz and people might be abroad, but you don't lose a 1,000 fans by people going abroad. The thing is, though, and- we
1: said it in the summer, Jim, what what are they doing to entice fans to come back and also to entice new fans to come? Because well, <laughs> it, you, can, you can make an argument that the football will do that if results improve and whatnot, but it's not, it shouldn't be the thing that we solely rely on to bring fans in. There has to be more. And the community and education trust have done loads of brilliant work in the community around Eid and Ramadan and engaging with different areas of the community, especially local to Deepdale. But what else are you seeing?
2: That's the thing, like we've we're sort of relying on what we've always got, you know what I mean? It's like we have got quite an aging fan base. What we're doing to attract new new customers and and you know the younger element. You know, I took my seven year old nephew on yesterday. But he's over from Amsterdam. It's not like he's going to be on every week. Yeah. You know. Then it's like there's only so we've got to be able to do something that's going to attract fans back to the ground. And yeah, I, I suppose I can get some people's criticisms of Peter and, and Trevor and all that, but. <laughs> You know, someone actually said, Oh, you're just gonna call the podcast from the Ridsdale because like you defend him all the time. I'm like, I'm not defending. him. I just think that there's bigger there's the problems at the club aren't just Peter's. Peter Ridsdale. Yeah. They, I think, I think you, you, you nailed it before
1: in in that I think just saying sacking Peter Ridsdale or getting rid of Peter Ridsdale isn't the answer to all of the questions. Like, if that was to happen, it wouldn't just be a silver bullet and you click your fingers and everything's back to normal, or not back to normal, but everything's well again. Yeah, um, and
2: I've been quite critical of the owner as well, Jake. It's not like I'm, you know, kissing the owner's ass or anything like that, or, you know, been given a script by Peter to read out on the podcast, because I, they always give me own opinion on things, and I ain't, you know... I gonna if people, say, if
1: we'd been given any scripts, you you wouldn't have been on as yeah, long as you have.
2: Mate, I, it's like, I'll just say things how it is, and yeah everyone's got faults you know i've got faults people can slate me and like tweet me what they want because you know, it's water for ducks back but like if we think peter is the only problem at the football club we need to think again i think like, just you know, a point to touch on you,
1: you said before without trevor's money that we'd be up the paddle without a creek and turn an, it well not to an extent that is right it's bang on but I think m- one of my big problems is is that money being used in the right way, being spent in the right way, because I think for every pound that comes in again, this is based off what Swiss ramble power on twitter we're we're spending one pound sixty three on wages that isn't sustainable yes. I think again, a question that's just come to mind: Is it a myth to you two that we're a well run club it's looking exciting. at looking at that financial data that came out earlier this
0: week. Well, the, the wages has gone up considerably over the last two years, hasn't it? So I think when everyone was talking about it as being a well-run club, I think it was not anything recent anyway. So it has changed, I'd say. I think for me is that the the question is, well, should we be asking them to change the ways? People have been asking them to change the ways for years. So it's got mm-hmm. to a point where, well, people are sick of asking. And I think what what's, it takes me is the, the transfer policy, the training ground situation it's all like we're getting something on the cheap, we're doing this, we're doing that. You know, there was a a piece they did um, with the Baxi era around the 25 years of the Finney ground, sand going up. And there was a real, like, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, but there was a real unity with the owners and it all felt we were going in the right direction. And you'd feel as though that training ground would have got built under that ownership. Whereas with this ownership, there's a real disconnect. I mean the, the training ground situation was just you know, all right, yeah, we've got a good training ground now, we've got it, but you know, we've got it on the cheap. We have got a deal out of it, you know. And I just it's, think there's lots of things like that where it's no wonder there's a disconnect because Yeah. You know, it's just it's funny you stale, mentioned the
1: backs the because back area. 'Cause I was talking to my father in law on, on the game yesterday about it, and you look back and they've le- they left a legacy. They left something behind. If in ten, fifteen, twenty years' time, we look back at this last six years, I think it is, that we've been in the championship. What What is the legacy?
0: Yeah, there won't be a video on the club website, that's for certain. There won't exactly. be looking back and going, oh, this got built, or this is what we did. You know, we've got a training ground on the cheap, and we and got we got a car park. We got promoted, which is fair enough, but, you know, we, we should have got promoted, shouldn't we? Well,
2: yeah. I'm I, I, Just doing a bit of research now, but I'm looking at the wage spend in the championship check, and there's a lot of clubs that are spending the means so whilst we're spending you know 163 percent of our turnover on wages we're not by you know there's a lot worse than us in terms of percentage of turnover and but i don't think I that's the point in,
1: though in terms no, no, of sustainability course. as a club it it isn't I completely get
2: that And i, I was just going to bring that up because i, I then looked to a couple of graphs and average weekly wages so for example we're about 17th in terms of the league in terms of average weekly wage about nine and a half grand a week is our average weekly wage according to 2020 accounts that might have gone up a little bit for 2020, 2021 but Barnsley and they're everyone's sort of flavour of the month at the moment aren't they average weekly wage have a guess Ours ours is nine and a half grand so this is for the 1920 season so they finished well they stayed up on the last day but they had a decent squad, which then got into the playoffs the year after. So, guess what their average weekly wage was that season? Seven grand. Six. Come on, <laughs> Even less. Five thousand one hundred sixty-eight pound. So they only spent they only spent eleven million pound on wages that season. Rotherham spent less. They spent seven point eight million. Obviously went down. Hull City spent seventeen million. They were third bottom. They went down. Millwall eighteen point nine million. You know which 19 million, QPR 20. So out of those bottom five teams in terms of wage spend, three of them got relegated. Shock, horror. That's pretty much how it works, isn't it? If you don't pay for quality, then you're going to get relegated. But Barnsley then pushed on, you know, and they got to pretty much, what, three games off the promised land in terms of the playoffs last year. So, And I don't think their wage spend will have been massively changed in that 12-month period. So I suppose my point is it shows it can be done if it's mm. done in the right way. You know, you don't have to spend 78 million pound on wages like Leeds did, you know, or sort of 54 million pound that Stoke did and finished below us to, to get to that sort of point. I just think that 20 million pound going forward is probably going to be about right in terms of what you have to spend in the championship. So what can we do to increase our turnover? Because from that sort of £11-12 million pound mark that it currently is to be able to sustainably and that's the key word for this compete at the level because at the minute you know we are a little bit of a small fish in the pond you know compared to the likes of West Brom and Fulham with all this parachute money and splashing £12 million quid on a player. Christ can you imagine the day that we can spend £12 million quid on a player? I think we'll be like what? But well, it's never going to happen until we get to the Premier League because That is the only way you can spend 12 million pounds on a player in English football is to go to that level or have, you know, a benefactor that's going to sponsor the team and break every FFP rule under the sun. That's the only way you're going to get to that level. So I just look at it in a different view. I think I'm just, I I don't want to kill anyone. I don't want people to lose their jobs and stuff. But I just think we just need to think very, wisely about what the next step is because if Peter goes and Trevor goes well who comes in you know you don't want a Steve Dale or any you know and coming into your club because then you are up shit creek
1: yeah
2: but at the end of the day Trevor Hemmings owns 100% of the shares of the football club it is his football club let's not beat on the bus his right none of us have a share in it anymore after the buyout in 2011 so we sort of live under his terms It's his toy. You know, he can play with it how he wants. If he wants to, you know, give it four, five, six million pound a year to keep it going, he can do. If he wants to put a bit more in, in the right way, so it's getting around FFP, then he can do. If he wants to put nothing in and we slowly and surely get assets stripped and sort of stripped back to its bare bones for him to sell the club potentially, you know, hopefully, you know, the ground doesn't, get separated in any sort of deal if he does end up selling the club longer longer term that would be the worst case scenario for me if you know the Hemmings family kept the football ground if you want to call it and it's it's assets but then it's separated as like a Derby County for example with Pride yeah, Park yeah. and then Derby County Football Club you know that's like the worst case scenario because then you're paying rent for your football ground that you've been there for what, 140 years that's just fucking criminal so, sorry for the ramp.
1: No, it's fine.
2: <laughs> so what I'm oh. passionate about, though. I'm passionate about it. I just think, like, we can't, can't think it's all Peter's fault and it's all Trevor's fault because there's been things that's happened over the past three years that probably both of their faults combined and other people at the football club. And that's why we're in a situation where we've got Conor Ripley, Go Rafferty, Josh Harrop, amongst others, that we probably don't need at the football club but are here on decent contracts and decent wages. It's mismanagement yeah. over a number of years. It's not just down It's not just what's happening. What's happening now? You know, people weren't calling for Peters head three years ago when those people were coming into the football club.
1: They so weren't, they weren't in active. League
2: One as well. Exactly. We're, it's just very reactive. So, yeah, going forward, I don't, I don't see us making those signings in the future. But at the end of the day, we've made them now. We've got to, we've made up and We've got a line it.
1: Do you think then that the question that's being asked is is right? Do you think we should that we we should be asking them to change the ways and learn from past mistakes, so that we can move forward as a club in the right way in the right direction, as opposed to just kicking up a stink, banners, protests being talked about, whatever. People are to express their opinion as long as they do it in a legal way. Yeah, I'm not saying that that it's wrong to do that, but do you, do you think that it might be? Um, the frustration might be better directed in a different way, i.e., we need to change our ways as opposed to get the fuck out of our football club.
2: I think the biggest thing for me is that if, and I know Person Sports Collective have been quite active about this in terms of try to set up a fan advisory group or something
1: like that. Yeah, a supporter advisory board, I think it's called.
2: Yeah, I think if they get that off the ground, then great. Obviously we're also associated with the FSA as a as a podcaster and I know they're helping the guys there to try and hopefully launch one
1: A support advisory board not a podcast
2: yes yeah, yes yeah, yeah, <laughs> <got> enough podcasts <laughs> out there um but um, <laughs> sorry just made me laugh I think if we can get one of those groups together you know to to have monthly meetings with board people board members or people like the group the Football club in terms of director is great, and um, I think that would then improve relationships between average Joe supporter and the football club because then they can see actually what we see. Because I think when you're working for a business,
1: you can become you, a bit blinkered, d- can't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you I don't. Know, I think people at the football club are passionate about the job that they do, but you have to see it from what the customer sees as well in terms of what we walk into Deepdale and see and what what your customers want. Because how much engagement is there on that front in terms of what does the average Joe punter that goes to Deepdale want out of the experience? And I've always done surveys, as, but they've not been that heavy and not that deep in number in terms of what's come back. Like, but... The answer, it, the answer always is,
0: though, isn't it? The answer always is, oh, well, if winning games, everything's fine. That's always yeah. the answer. But it's not that, is it? It's, you know, it's, it's more than that. And you're not going to win every week. And I think what they need to do now is, I think, they're probably going to be forced to change the ways to some extent because you can't have banners going up and protests. You know, and the next time we lose, it all kicks off. We've got sub-10,000 fans on at the weekend. You know, something that's... needs to change because that's a concern for me. That's the biggest concern for me. Like, people are voting with their feet. So
2: they're, they're silent. They're not saying anything, you know, because the football clubs don't know why they've lost those customers overnight, but they voted with their feet. You know, it's like when people change supermarkets, you know, people will literally go to another supermarket for loads of different reasons. And i talk about it because it's the industry I'm from primarily. But
0: well, I was you know, speaking to people think- this weekend going, Oh, you're going on at the weekend. No, I can't be bothered. No. Yeah, so it's apathy. So, so yeah. So, so it's like, why are they not bothered? Why? What? What's changed?
2: You know, is is it the team playing shit? If it is. Then hopefully, well, if you get yourself there, you might be able to cheer them on to get a win, like we did yesterday. Because I thought the yeah. fans yesterday that did go on were bloody good. To be fair to them, it, yeah, it, it was quite loud right. yesterday. I thought for nine and 9, a half thousand or whatever it was on in Omen. Thought it was decent atmosphere. I think you know, weirdly we had... the
0: atmosphere is better when there's less there. In a weird Stranger. way. Yeah. yeah.
2: It was like, it was decent atmosphere yesterday. So, you know, I think Frankie came out and said the fans played the part and stuff, which I think they did, you know, but yeah, we've got to do something in terms of getting them fans back in, you know, being quite commercial, driving that revenue forward. Because then when you are splashing 20 million quid a year on wages, it's not as bad. You know, you don't need your owner to supplement your six, seven, eight, eight, 10 million pound, whatever it's going to be over the next 12 months. Because you've got money coming in, yeah, and you know if you can sell a player every year that we need to. Let's be honest; it says in our state in our club statements in terms of the annual reports, it doesn't feel as bad. But it's like what we mentioned the other week about the Brentford model and all that shit, which I'm not going to go into again. You know, we need to get to a place where we're recruiting well, we're selling well, getting fans coming through the gate, the buy to the strategy and the philosophy of the club, then we can go. Hopefully,
1: fingers crossed. Upwards. Um, yeah, uh, I think we can wrap that section up there before we uh, come into the final section, which is to preview the upcoming games. Are you sticking with us, Jim, or are you shooting I'll stick with
2: here for Morecambe. I'll stick with here for Morecambe, and I'll, um, I'll have to go and do some washing up.
1: <laughs> no problem. and roll lifestyle. Um, yeah, so obviously the Morecambe game on Tuesday, first and foremost, I think we have to say, obviously we just touched on the fans there, but... I th- absolute hats off sell out you know it's not been the best start to the season as everyone's aware but to sell out the game and i think is it a 17,000 18,000 uh 1700 or 1800 <laughs> 17,000 yeah, 17, not even sure if the globe or the Mazuma mizuma mobile arena as it's called even holds that much um yeah it's it, to sell out and, and to take the the number of fans that we are doing is great and it's really good to see, and I think it it just sums up this fan base as as an away fan base, particularly. Yeah, yeah
0: all... Considering Huddersfield was on TV the other night as well, you know it was a big big following that went over there. So fair play.
2: Yeah, all old six and a half thousand, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, our away our away support's always been decent, and it like, we've always taken a thousand most games, pretty much, unless we're at Tuesday night. Bournemouth or something oh, like that. Nowhere, yeah. yeah. And even then we still take or three hundred I think lowest I remember is like We took about hundred and eighty on that Tuesday night where Hunt scored came back in team, twenty fifteen. and that's like the lowest I remember going in. Literally it was like everyone who was there knew each other. It was, it was weird. <laughs> but that was our fan base, isn't it? Like you, people who go home and away, you sort of you get like to know one yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. But a They've done all well. They've done all right in the Stephen Robinson. I, I, I know they got beat yesterday, but you go look at the goals are conceded against Gillingham. One's a rocket free kick from about 30 yards out. And the other one is the just absolutely the slammed ones.
1: it, has the lad? Oh, he's
2: absolutely thunderbolted it. And then um, the other one's a penalty from a long throw. So literally it's coming in the second phase of play and foul the lad. Bit, bit of a scrap, innit? Yeah. And then it's straight down the middle penalty. The game before got beat off rather than at home, and it's a 30-yard wonder strike for Michael Smith, it's an absolute literally, it just dipped at the last second and caught the keeper out.
1: Bizarre watching it, to be fair. Ah, like seeing, seeing the the way that it just does dip so last minute, it's, it's weird.
2: Keepers literally waving in a plane, like, it's scrambled <laughs> back. But, yeah, we do actually do research on this podcast, it's quite good. Um, and then the goals they've actually scored against Shrewsbury, when they beat him at home, one's a penalty and one's a 2nd set set-piece, so they're not scoring goals from open play as such. And I think mm-hmm. it could be a, a really, really ugly ugly game. Yeah, they've it's set up like, in
1: a in a four three three as well in all the games so far this season. So Yeah, but it's
2: a wide four three three. So it's not like it's narrow, you know. This it's sort of like a four five one in the way. Cole Stockton is playing as the nine, who looks quite handy to be fair to him, He's a target but can move. And then they've got the three in behind, one of which is Adam Phillips, who's a right player. Very good. From Garstein, on loan from Burnley at the minute.
0: I'm surprised he didn't
2: go a higher. You know, I, I'm really I'd surprised. Him I'd have took him yeah. in on a perm. I think he's a really talented player. You know, he's only what 21, 22. Definitely got he's, that next. He's got a next level move in him, if that makes sense. I think if he went to a championship club, you know, and he might only play 20, 25 games in that first season, but he'll kick on the season after. Yeah. A bit like Ledson did here, I think he's that sort of um, ability level in terms of he's come through the academy there he's got something about him. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, And then is it Deangara, the other centre midfielder, a bit of a box-to-box, engine room sort of player. Likes to tackle. So, I think it'll be a really interesting game. They're they're a little bit suspect at fullback, so you probably want to play Earl and Someone who can attack there, you know, attack their left back in on the other side. Whether that's Sepp or Rafferty, I don't know. It's one of them where we don't they have Barkey. And it not Rafferty. Really, so. <laughs> no, maybe not Rafferty. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what to expect really. I think he will make a few changes because Saturday, like I said before, is the more important game. Yeah. So yeah, let's we'll wait and see. I think end of the day. If it doesn't go to plan, let's just hope the seventeen hundred go. Don't turn on, don't turn on them as such, because then at
0: we don't want to seem like we do it. the the of no. Um, I
1: think
0: people expect us to like start, you know, put all like the youngsters out and stuff. I don't. I think it'd be similar to Mansfield, where they'll probably four, five, be surprising five, six, how many are actually on the bench. I Maybe mean, Rodwell Grant will get on again. Thomas yeah. will get on for a few minutes, but I can't imagine it being him chucking the young lads in. I think, with, then, especially I think with the that pressure, it,
1: that you would imagine. The pressure that you would imagine Frankie's been under, well he has been under from the fans uh, recently and to an extent probably still is. I think, I, I don't think he's stupid, I think he recognises that and he's probably looking at the Morgan game and thinking need another win here, keep the momentum yeah. going, play, like you say Jim, probably make two or three changes, maybe three or four but play a relatively strong side.
2: Yeah, what did he make for Manchester? Was it four in the end?
1: Four changes and then a few
2: changes on the bench so I, I think you will play a decent team, you know, because at the end of the day, he might give Deck a run. You know, I'll yeah. give him 90 minutes again, you know, because he didn't get night on that first game. So I don't think he'll make like 9, 10, 11 changes. I don't think it'll be like that. But I just want to see us hopefully win the game um, and put in a decent performance and just use the bit of momentum you've got from Saturday's game, you know. Yeah. I think that's really key. That I was just really going to
1: say is momentum. It's creating key? a
2: winning habit. Create a winning habit, you know, because the end of the day, that's what we've been missing for yeah. the pre-season and you know the first sort of three games, league games of the season.
1: Because
2: let's well, not beat about the
1: bush, the next two games are very winnable, aren't they? Well, Swansea Swansea look yeah. good
2: Friday night, mate. I, I you know I know Bristol City aren't exactly flavour of the month at the minute, but I thought I thought Swansea looked decent, especially now they've got Ethan Laird. All right. Honestly, their right side looked really strong. And I I thought Swansea wouldn't be anywhere near as good as they were last season. But I think the way that Russell Martin will get them playing over the next sort of six to eight weeks, they might actually surprise me.
0: Well, that's it, isn't it? Because they're going to have to get used to the way he plays and um, get the players for that. Yeah. I don't think it'll be an easy game on next week. Definitely not.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not saying it'll be an easy game either. But um, before we come on to the Swansea game, what what are your predictions for Markham? Two
2: 0 win. Yeah, win one 0 yeah,
1: Take that. Take that. I'll, I, I'd say yeah, one 0 I think. Um, yeah. So, oh, s- sorry, Jim. Go on.
2: I was to say on Swansea? lad like I was thinking of before was uh, Piero is called P-I-R-O-E the who scored on Friday night. Was that Just the 1-2 of it's the
0: post, the... was it?
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's the guy they got from PSV. So they paid, what, 1.6 million for him in summer. So it looked a handful. Like, it looked decent. He scored two in his first three games there. So what have you today? Have you read that about Jason Malumby?
1: They yeah. Reckon
2: that if Matt Grimes got these Swans this week, then they're going to go for Malumbi on loan. Why, another one we've had, you know, in the in the building, and just didn't step up to the mark, and now he's going to go to Swansea. It's like that want to push on at this level. Why, it's just frustrating. But they look good, you know, three four three one shape. Just it was just it was a bit of a scrappy game against Bristol City because it's a bit of a derby game, isn't it? That M four derby, it's a bit all weird down there. Um Jamal Lowe came off the bench. But there's still a few missing. You know, they've had that Liam Walsh missing at the signed from Missile City. Um is, is it Connor Roberts, the left back? Yeah. Obviously Bidwell's playing instead of him at the minute, but Ethan Laird, really good.
0: They're about Bidwell the, going, aren't they? Borough, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, just someone's couple someone the other day. Tapping them up, yeah. Um and Max. Yeah, two players We wanted they're both on the on the on got moves, yeah. I read that someone was because he's at Sheffield not he Max Lowe now. That someone was sniffing after him.
2: Was it? Was it Swansea? We we're gonna do. He was gonna go to Swansea to replace Bidwell.
0: Yeah, that's what it might be. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's what it was. There he go around. Yeah, always is, isn't it? But I think these next uh, because we can preview Swansea now. There might be make three or four signings this week
1: completely so different
2: prospect might, aren't yeah we right might yeah. We, we might as well we might make well I don't think it's three or four but we might make a couple of signings and we might be a different outfit by then you know who's missing so Evans, Lindsay and Brownie are going to miss all week aren't they barky so is well. so Barky but four
1: missing through COVID. would imagine all of Sundays still not It'd probably don't know, be exactly.
0: after the, probably after the um, international. international break probably in now with a,
1: week, with a week with a week to go you'd imagine they're not rushing back yeah. for no point. He's back for Swansea. Is he?
0: Is he? Barky back
1: is that, to
0: Swansea. I don't think so. I, I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure Frankie said that he's he's doing a phase return and he'll be ready for after the international break.
0: Right.
2: He said in that warm up show, whatever it's called, Friday night, that it's going to be after the internationals.
0: Some players um, missing we've got, haven't we? Four I'm due to it.
2: COVID. It's not ideal, is it? On Sunday, injured Brown injured. Is he Brown injured? Yeah, not ideal. But what well, is what it is, isn't it? It's is got to. Us- yeah. This oh, there's, it's going to be, a, there's going to be clubs out there though that are going to have this sort of situation during the season yeah, it's going to
1: happen up and down isn't it Yeah, I know it's a tough one but what what would you predict for Swansea Like I know you've just said that it could be a completely different prospect from what we've just discussed
0: but 1-1 I don't know <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm going to join you no, I admit, I'm say, not a clue a draw. I'm not a clue I'm like
2: I remember saying ages ago, like, "I can see us having loads of games the two point five goals this season," and then, I, know, I think that I think Saturday was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so, or um, well, Uddersfield and then and Saturday. So, hopefully, like, we're stopping the rot in terms of, like conceding goals. So, I, I, let's just be on the right side of a few one 0 wins. Yeah, that, exactly. that'd be so much better.
1: Well, we're up and running now, aren't we? So let's hope that. Those first points on the board, it's, it's, a, it's a springboard for us and, and kick-starts a, a decent-ish run for us and, and we can kick on from here, obviously, and, and head into the season and get ourselves safe, first and foremost, because I think that's priority number one, isn't it, at the minute? Oh, yeah. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. Unless you've got anything else you want to say, then we can end that there. Nope, nope. Brilliant. Thank you, listener, for for listening to episode four of the From the Finney podcast. As I've just said, obviously we're up and running for the season, so fingers crossed that we can kick on from here and uh, and make it a decent a decent season. Yeah, thank you.